0: and teach you how to experience God's best in every area
1: of your life. Why don't you stand to your feet and let's uh, make our confession of faith and get into the Word this morning. We're still in the series, The Truth About Money. This is my Bible. It is the Word of God. God. And it is the will of God God. for my life. I am who the Word says I am. am am. I'm the righteousness of God in Christ. Christ. I'm where the Word says I am. Seated right now in the heavenly realms, in the place of authority, dominion, and power. I have what the Word says I have. All the blessings of Abraham are mine. And I can do what the Word says I can do. Thank you, Father God. As I hear the Word this morning, my mind is alert. My spirit is receptive. My life is changed for the better. And I will never be the same again. amen Amen. you may be seated it was last December I felt like the Lord laid it on my heart to teach in 2020 about the truth about money and I looked it up it had been many many years since we did a series on Sunday mornings about money well little did I know in a year ago this month what the year 2020 would be like And we have had countless people across America lose their jobs. Eight million people, I read, have slipped back into poverty in 2020. Tens of millions unemployed. We got unemployment worse than any time in American history since the Great Depression. I I think the last I read, one-third of all homes across America are late on their payments, on their mortgages. It's a mess. But... Because we follow the leading of the Holy Spirit here at Faith Christian Center. We don't worship politicians. We preach the word of God. We have not gone backwards. And this church collectively has had the greatest, the fattest, and the richest year in the history of this church. Hallelujah. Well, Pastor Gene, how do you know that? Well, because the income of the church is higher than it's ever been. And because we didn't take any money from the government and because we don't have any rich folks sending us big offerings to them, I know where the money came from. The money came from you all. Amen. 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 And I know this, you can't give what you don't have. Amen. 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 Lift both hands and say, thank you, Father God. You, God. In, a curse, In a year of curse, you have blessed us, have blessed and, us. And, we and we are grateful. Amen. I don't know about you, but I'm grateful. I'll tell you, now, that's spiritual. Now, in the natural, I'm grateful that, that God didn't call me to pastor a church in New York. That's, but that's natural. In the spiritual, I'm looking to the Lord. Amen. Amen. I say that because that young couple that pioneered that church in Rochester, New York, with all that craziness in New York, they are having the biggest year financially and, and numerically they have ever had. Amen. So it's not about the politics. It's it's about looking to the Lord, yeah. Amen. Amen. And the problem with looking to Caesar is that uh, Caesar will let you down, but the Lord will never let you down. Amen. So we're still in this series, the truth about money, and the title this morning is the six graces of Jesus Christ. Our two launching texts have been Matthew six twenty one, where your treasure is, there will your heart be also, verse thirty three, but seek first His kingdom. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness and all these things shall be added unto you. That whole chapter is about things and not worrying about things. And Christians, you know, in 2,000 years haven't really put it together. That's why we're doing this series. Now, as we get started this morning, I want everybody to make this confession. Say it out loud. I believe it is impossible to obey God God. and remain poor. I believe it is impossible to believe God and keep on losing in life, I believe it is impossible to be diligent in life and fail. Now, let me give you the uh, points as we move through the message for the sake of time. Number one, Paul wrote about the six graces of Jesus Christ. Paul wrote about the six graces of Jesus Christ. We're in 2 Corinthians chapter 8. And the way this came to my attention Austin was uh, using 2 Corinthians 8 a few weeks back for an offering, and while he was doing that, I remembered, well, I thought, and I taught about the six graces of Jesus Christ previously, and I looked it up, found this message, and, of course, vastly improved it, and here we go. 2 Corinthians 8, verse 1, and now, brothers, we want you to know about the grace. Everybody say grace. grace. Now, there will be many words in this message, but if you will understand the power and the impact of the word grace in this message then you're going to get a long way down the road we want you to know about the grace that God has given the Macedonian churches out of their most severe trial their overflowing joy and their extreme poverty welled up in rich generosity for I testify that they gave as much as they were able they gave as much as they were able and even a and even beyond their ability, they gave as much as they were able and even beyond their ability, entirely on their own. They urgently pleaded with us for the privilege of sharing in this service to the saints. And they did not do as we expected, but they gave themselves first to the Lord and then to us in keeping with God's will. So we urged Titus, since he had earlier made a beginning to bring also to completion this act of grace. Everybody say Grace this act of grace on your part but just as you excel and it's because of my hard wiring and also because of the way sue and i started out i know that nobody can relate to this but in our day we would go to what was called positive motivational attitude seminars and uh so i always my goal was always to excel and i don't think i got the master's degree in the doctorate because i had any other kind of aspiration except i wanted to excel i wanted to be a competent minister of the word of god a competent minister of the lord jesus christ see if we would if we would aspire to excel at everything we put our hand to we would stop losing at anything in life amen Amen. say excel. excel but just as you excel in everything in faith in speech in knowledge in complete earnestness King James says, in all diligence and in your love for us, see that you also excel in this grace. Everybody say grace. Grace. In this grace of giving. I'm not commanding you, but I want to test the sincerity of your love by comparing it with the earnestness. King James says, diligence of others, for you know the grace. Everybody say grace. grace. For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for your sakes he became poor so that you through his poverty might become rich. Now, in 2004, it wasn't that I taught on the six graces of Jesus Christ. I mentioned it. I believe it was on a Wednesday night in the middle of a series. But I know more now than I used to. So when I looked this passage up again this last week in the Greek New Testament, I noticed that back in 2004, I never noted the Greek word, the Greek word Paul used for giving, it was the word or is the word parasuete, which means you should abound, you are exceeding, or you are superabounding. I can't believe that. that. How did I miss that? Back in 2004, when I used this as an illustration on a Wednesday night, I didn't look that word up. Parasuete means you should abound. Tell your neighbor, you should abound. <laughs> Tell the neighbor on the other side, you should abound you are exceeding or you are superabounding in other new testament passages this same word is translated to abound that you may excel that you may abound that you might abound and you should abound now this to me is amazing is simply amazing so what are the six graces of jesus christ and i have all the greek words here but i'm not going to bore you with that but i will mention one or two The first is faith. We ought to excel in faith. The second is speech. We ought to excel in our speech. The third is knowledge. We ought to excel in our knowledge. The fourth is complete earnestness or what the King James calls diligence. We ought to excel in our complete earnestness. We ought to excel in our diligence. The fifth is love. We ought to excel in love. And then number six, we ought to excel in this Word, parasuete, which means abundance or giving. We ought to excel in our giving. Number two, gospel giving causes us to superabound. Number two, gospel giving causes us to superabound. So Paul is saying that one of the six graces of Jesus Christ is the privilege of giving, which is so constructed by Almighty God to enable you to abound, that you may excel, that you may abound, that you might abound, and you should abound. So giving into the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ is not about the recipient per se, but about the person doing the giving. Now listen. Even in recent years, the Lord has had me give money to people, and in my mind, I didn't understand it. On the flip side of that, he horrified me a few years ago, and he told me that I had wasted a million dollars. I can't believe I'm being this direct. I said, there's no way. And he named one name. Well, actually, he named three names. And so I looked up giving that this church had done, giving away into missions. So we didn't spend it foolishly. We gave it to a minister. We gave it into missions outside this church. And he mentioned two other names. And I didn't have access to those numbers. And I had to have the office look them up, two different employees. And I was horrified. It was a million dollars. I was horrified. I was horrified. Now, we gave it away. We didn't waste it. I mean, we gave it into the gospel. And when you hire somebody, you're not wasting the money when you pay them. If you hire them and they show up, you owe them. But from the Lord's perspective, it's horrifying. But here just a couple of years back, I think it was a couple of years back, a year and a half back, the Lord had... May give somebody money and in my mind that, that didn't make any sense in fact it was to one of the names that he listed before my job is not to understand everything with my mind my job is to pray and obey do you understand what I'm saying and we have to let go of our giving I learned this a long way back. (laughs) You know, when when on Austin's first house, anytime anything went wrong, you know, he was always so apologetic, you know, and, and I told him once, I said, you know, it's your house, do what you want, burn it down. I gave it to you. See, a lot of people give, but they want to constantly remind you that they gave. There, there are people that have given to me and I wish to God they had not given to me because they want to make me a debtor. If you make somebody a debtor by your giving, you didn't give a gift. That's right. That's right. See, if you offer, if you come to me after church here and you say, now this is a bribe and I want you to suck up and do this and that and the other, I'm going to say, S- you know, forget you. Here it <laughs> is. I don't want it. Now, if you want to give me a gift, give me a gift, but I ain't accepting no bribes. You understand? So, when some people now listen, you're going to learn if you pay attention when some people give, there's no grace in it, there's an agenda. When some people give, there's no grace in it, there's an agenda. And that's not Christian. That's not the way we ought to give. And this, frankly, is also the reason why if we'll actually be doers of the New Testament, we ought not be lending each other money. Because when you lend a believer money, well, you're looking to them to pay it back. I don't know about you, but I am. You don't want to be borrowing any money from me (laughs) because I want my money back. But if I'll be a doer of the word of God, First Corinthians, I, I, when I see a brother in need, I'm not going to lend them money. I'll give them money. See, and, and we, we we get ourselves into all kinds of a mess because if you were going to give somebody money in trouble, you might give them $100 or $200. But if they come to you and they say, I need to borrow $2,000, you might lend them $2,000 because you think, you know, you, you ain't got no experience yet in life and you think they're going to pay you back. They're not going to pay you back. So better to just evaluate and ask the Lord, do you want me to do anything here? And if so, how much? And whatever he says, do, do. And then forget about it. Don't hold your brother in bondage. You know, I've had people leave the church over this Pastor. They come to me, pastor, I, I lent so-and-so money and he's not paying me back. I had a guy actually tell me, I want you to make him pay me back. <clears throat> this is beyond my ability. You think we have a, a, a torture room in the back to <laughs> get believers in there and torture them to pay their debts? This is beyond my ability, and this is why I hate all this interpersonal, you know, lending money, borrowing money, all this stuff, because all it does is lead to trouble, and look, hey, 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 be polite about it, but thump your neighbor on the head. Go ahead and do it. Thump your neighbor on the head. Tell them, wake up, pay attention, amen. If they can't qualify to borrow money from a bank, they are a bad risk. So all you believers here this morning I'm not talking about you lost scoundrels, I'm talking to the believers here this morning don't bug your brothers. Amen 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 Go to a bank. Yeah, but I went to five and they wouldn't let me anything. Look, go home, look in the mirror and say, "You are a bad risk. Now, this is a whole other word of faith message I don't have time to get on. But a Christian keeps their word. Amen. Even if it hurts. So if we'll just be doers of the word, I'm telling you, anybody who's a doer of the word, they're going to have a great credit score. Amen. So, One of the names he told me I'd wasted money on, then years later, he says, you know, help them because they were in a situation. So my job is not to figure everything out with my mind. My job is to pray and to obey. Now, you don't need to pray about a tithe because we have Logos word on that. You don't need to be led by the Spirit to tithe because we have Logos word on that. So giving into the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ is not about the recipient per se. That's why I got off track and did that rabbit chase and told that story because it's not about the recipient. It's not about them. It's not about the recipient. It's about us following the leading of the Holy Spirit, obeying, So giving into the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ is not about the recipient per se, but about the person doing the giving. If the church had seen all this for the past 2,000 years, there would be no needy among any of the body of Christ. There would be no worthy gospel ministry doing without. There would be no worthy gospel ministry with any debt because when we obey God, this you are exceeding or this you are super abounding anointing comes on us say it out loud again i believe it is impossible to obey god and remain poor i believe it is impossible to believe god and keep on losing in life i believe it is impossible to be diligent in life and fail now now don't go to grieving over money you've given because the way I handle that is I say, well, Lord, you knew my heart. See, it's not about the recipient. I say, Lord, you know my heart, and you know I meant well. And this is why we have to be led by the Holy Spirit of God. I, I heard a message from John Osteen in 1994, and it just horrified me because... If I'd only heard that message sooner, how much would it have saved me? How much grief, not just money, how much grief, how much sorrow? Because he told the story in 1994 how he had ruined missionaries by giving them too much money. You can ruin people by giving them money. So this is one reason we've got to have eyes to see How have they been handling money? If they have not been handling money wisely, well, you don't give them more money. But then on top of that, to be led by the Holy Spirit of God, because a lot of times with our eyes, we evaluate something, but then when we go to God, God says, no, don't do that. And I can't dwell on this too much because then I'd be doing the week of increase type message and I don't have time to do that right now. All right, let's go to verse seven. But just as you excel, everybody say excel. Excel. But just as you excel in everything in faith and speech and knowledge and complete earnestness and in your love for us, see that you also excel in this grace. Everybody say grace Grace. of giving. And that word is parasuete. Number three, giving is based in love. And this explains why there are so many poor Christians. Everybody say, ouch, ouch, Giving is based in love, and this explains why there are so many poor Christians. Oh, pastor, you can't be serious. I am absolutely serious. I am absolutely serious. Giving is based in love. Lovers are givers, and non-lovers are (laughs) non-givers. See that? They just love it. Oh, man, pastor, keep up, man, preach on, you
0: know?
1: On, you know why Christians are poor? Because they got no love in their hearts. Yeah. See, we think it's about faith, and I'm a faith guy, F, F, A-I-T-H. But it's not really about faith as much as it's about love. Then the apostle goes on to say the most extraordinary thing in verses 8 and 9, I am not commanding you, but I want to test. Oh my goodness. I want to test the sincerity of your love. I want to test the sincerity of your love by comparing it with the earnestness, the diligence, that Greek word is spoudé, the earnestness, the diligence of others, for you know the grace, everybody say grace, Grace. of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich yet for your sakes he became poor, so that you through his poverty might become rich. Now back in 2004 when I mentioned this on a Wednesday night, I focused on spoudé, The Greek word spude or diligence, and I called it your greatest step towards success. And that step I said was diligence. But this morning, I want to look at this verse from a different angle because Paul wrote, I'm not commanding you, but I want to test the sincerity of your love by comparing it with the earnestness of others. I want to test the sincerity of your love by comparing it with the earnestness of others. So love can be measured. Love can be measured and diligence can be measured. I said love can be measured and diligence can be measured, just like giving can be measured. Are you getting this? Love can be measured just like diligence can be measured, just like giving can be measured. This is why it's so wrong to keep giving what we've been giving as God prospers us more and more and more. This is why Moses said in Deuteronomy 16, 16, no man should appear before the Lord empty handed. Each of you must bring a gift in proportion to the way the Lord your God has blessed you. This is why it is so wrong to give into the missions offerings. What we have always given into missions offerings, our standard number, whatever that is, even as God prospers us more and more and more. This is why it is so wrong to give into challenge offerings. What we've given, always given into challenge offerings, our standard number, even as God prospers us more and more and more. We're to, we're to, be, we're to give in proportion. You remember the the story about the two men praying? Jesus told the story about the two men praying. And and there was the Pharisee and he said, well, I thank you, Father God, I'm not like this guy. And and then there was the the other guy and he beat his breast and he said, oh, Father God, have mercy on me for I'm a sinner. And the the Lord Jesus said, now which prayer do you think the Lord heard? Well, it's kind of like that with money. When uh, When I got married to Sue, you know, her dad, unsaved man his entire life until the night before he died or the night he died. You know, it came, uh, my birthday came first, so here comes a $100 bill and a birthday card. I thought, well, that was nice, but that was 1976. $100 in 1976 might be like $1,000 now. And then a week later for Christmas, we got a Christmas card and Sue got a C-note and I got a C-note. And I thought, okay, this is the drill. Well, how long has he been gone? Two years? All right. So all the way through, I mean, I'm talking about 1980s, a C-note. 1990s, a C-note. 2000s, a C-note. 2010s, a C-note. I mean, the dude never heard of inflation. (laughs) But we've got people here at Faith Christian Center, and that's the way they do the Lord. First time Sue and I ever gave a special gift above and beyond was our first full year of marriage, 1977. We gave $1,400 in a special offering, and I'm telling you, it hurt. We felt it. On top of double tithing last Sunday, we we gave $100,000 into the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. You saw our challenge offering number bump up $100,000 on the slide, and guess what? It didn't hurt, and guess what? We didn't feel it, and guess what? We don't need it, and guess what? We didn't miss it. But what do you think the Lord would think of me if we had put $1,400 in that offering last Sunday? He would have thought you little pissant I made you rich, and you're an ungrateful little nothing. This is why Christians can't pull ahead. This is why Christians can't advance. See, you know it's raining. Why don't we just stay here all day and let me teach you the word of God? You know, the only thing that's going to happen, I see some of y'all get nervous. You're just going to go out there and get wet. You know, it's, it's, I can hear it rain so hard. You're going to be soaked by the time you get to the car. We're in here. It's warm. Amen. We're hearing the word of God. I mean, it'll change your life forever. So we're talking about three things, and one of them is something maybe we'd need to teach on more. We're talking about love. We're talking about faith. But here's, here's another one. We're talking about grace. Now, last time I told a story about Derek, you know, I got in trouble because somebody here messaged her, don't be telling my business. If my son-in-law and my daughter want to watch online, great. If they don't, then, you know, they just miss out. Don't, don't be rat. Hey, tell your neighbor, don't be, don't be a rat. Tell the neighbor on the other side, don't be a Fauci rat.
0: <laughs>
1: but, you know, my, my son-in-law, he had to kind of work through this. Because unlike Jessica, who grew up around me, he didn't. So, you know, here comes a father-in-law being generous. And he's a policeman. And so policemen, you know, they're skeptical. And, you know, policemen, they're, they're watching you. They're watching your every move. And so he had to get used to me because I could tell he kept waiting for the hammer to fall. He kept waiting for me to tell him what to do. He kept waiting to find out what string was attached. And it, after a while, you know, he realized, well, there was no strings attached. And that's grace. That's grace. See, a Christian, a Christian's heart should be full of Grace. We, we ought not be coming to church looking for people that owe us money and, and buttonholing them. Our hearts should be full of grace. And when we give, we, we, don't, we ought not be treating it like a bribe, and now you ought to be doing my bidding. I don't do Sue's bidding. Why would I do your bidding? She's here, ask her. Ask her, does that man do anything you tell him to do? Go ahead and stand up and answer the question Do I do anything you tell me to do? No. So nobody's gonna bribe me. It's not gonna happen. But on the reciprocal side, when we give to Tiff Shuttlesworth or we give, we put that roof on that church in Africa, it was gone. We gave it. Do you understand? And that that's, makes us gracious. That's what makes us gracious. See, a lover is a giver, and a non-lover is a non-giver. And let us end this morning with one New Testament truth that seems to be one no one wants to talk about. Number four, God has made a way for his people to become rich That is abundantly supplied and have more than than they need. God has made a way for his people to become rich. That is to be abundantly supplied and have more than they need. Now, I realize there's criticism out there of me because I'm so open. But how am I going to illustrate messages if I tell your business to illustrate a message, you're going to be mad at me. I could walk back here and say, now this man right here, let me tell you what happened in his life. But that's not that's not appropriate. And you have to understand, we didn't see any of this. We didn't see any of this. We saw none of this coming. We just began doing the word of God. And, and, and as we began doing the Word of God, blessings started showing up. Well, I'm a curious guy. I'm not incurious. I'm curious. So when blessings start showing up, then I'm back in the Word, and I'm looking for the why, because I learned this from Fred Price. Once a principle from the Word of God works for you, You can work that principle over and over and over and over because if it is a principle of God from the Word of God, it'll work every time. And so I began seeing this blessing of the Lord show up. And this is what drives people crazy because we're just looser and looser and looser than ever. And the money comes faster and faster and faster and faster. I hate to admit it, but during the meltdown, I I hung on a little bit because, I mean, the cash was a challenge, and I hung on a little bit, but I've grown since then. I've learned since then. Tiff Shuttlesworth says, every church that supports them has cut back, cut back, or eliminated their support. He said, Faith Christian Center was the only church that supports them that never cut back. We just kept trucking. Do you understand? but I know more than I did during the meltdown. I've grown, I've studied, I've prayed, I've learned. Hallelujah. So the faster we give it away, the faster it comes. Now, I'm not talking about giving everything you have. I'm talking about doing what the Word says on the 10th, and I'm talking about giving as led by the Holy Spirit. God has made a way for His people to become rich, that is to be abundantly supplied and have more than they need. Here it is, verse 9, For you know the grace, everybody say grace of our lord jesus christ that though he was rich yet for your sakes he became poor so that you through his poverty might become rich. So, Paul is writing to us about the six graces of Jesus Christ. And one of those graces in this plan, this system, Almighty God has constructed, which translated means to abound, that you may excel, that you may abound, that you might abound, that you should abound. And the Greek word parasuete actually means you should abound, you are exceeding, or you are superabounding. And please notice what the text actually says, that you through his poverty might become rich, might become rich. It's not guaranteed or automatic. You have to work it. I said, it's not automatic. It's not guaranteed. You got to work it. And this explains why the majority of Christians don't walk in the blessings of God. They don't excel in the grace of giving. John Osteen used to call such people stingy. Now, I'm too polite to call people stingy, but John Osteen used to call such people stingy. Now, people can fall out with this all day long, but these words are actually in the New Testament. For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ that though he was rich, yet for your sakes he became poor so that you through his poverty might become rich. That's what it says that's what the new testament says and that's the truth about money only about three percent of believers have ever seen i would say three percent and yet god's people have allowed satan to lie to them and talk them out of god's blessings and talk them out of god's promises god's people have allowed satan to lie to them and tell them that they shouldn't want any of this old world's goods you man you shouldn't want any of this old world's goods God's people have allowed Satan to lie to them and tell them that they shouldn't have anything or want anything. But that's not even the worst of it. The worst of it is this. Even if God's people had never seen this truth in the Bible, even if God's people had never been taught this truth in their church, they would still end up walking in it naturally. Because if they loved God and loved His work and loved His mission and loved His house, they would give and this anointing of exceeding or superabounding would come upon them naturally. When I wrote the 2018 week, Holy Week Revival in February of 2018 and got to Thursday and Friday evening on how to train the human spirit, I was sitting at a little desk in a cabin in the woods and I'd sat there a long time and I was getting stiff. So I took a break, got up and stood at the French doors and looked out at the lake and I asked Father God, I said, how, how did I do it? Because I told him I didn't get revelation on Romans 12, 1 and 2 until later in life. So I said to him, I said, how did I do it? And he is so kind and so gracious and so loving. And he told me so very sweetly, son, you had two advantages. You love me and you love my word. And even though you didn't get revelation on Romans 12, 1 and 2 until later in life, very early in your life, you got revelation on Joshua 1, 8. You see, Joshua 1, 8 is the Old Testament version of Romans 12, 2. Joshua 1.8, do not let this book of the law depart from your mouth, meditate on it day and night, so that you may be careful to do everything written in it, then you will be prosperous and successful. Now this world out here is preaching that the government's going to do it for you. Look, I don't care what they do, the government can't do it for you. And if they forgive all this student loan debt, they're going to forgive it by stealing it from somebody else. The king James says, this book of the law, the word of God shall not depart out of thy mouth, but thou shalt meditate therein in the word day and night that thou mayest observe to do according to all that is written therein. That is the word of God for then thou shalt make thy way prosperous and then thou shalt have good success. Then thou shalt make thy way prosperous and thou shalt have good success. One translation says you'll be able to deal wisely in the affairs of life. Kenneth Hagin's grandson said to Sue and me once, he he said, where did you learn faith? He said, you don't teach it like anybody I know. And I tried to explain it to him, but I really couldn't because a lot of this for us has been a pilgrimage. A lot of people out here teaching faith, they just learned it from somebody else and they never walked through it. We walk through it. And we learn from our fathers in the faith, but we learn by doing. And then there were times, I sat right back there a few years back. I was reading the Bible because we were waiting for Wednesday night to start. We got here extra early. I'm sitting back there reading the Bible. I got to Isaiah. I forgot what chapter it is, the chapter on fasting. I'm reading Isaiah. And I said to Austin and Sue, I said, I was taught wrong and I got revelation and this church changed course. But we, we learned from our fathers. We took action on what we were taught. But like I just said, we were pliable. We were teachable. We learned as we went along. We put it into action. We didn't see any of this. I didn't, I didn't see this property. I didn't see this building. I didn't see my house. I didn't see these cars. I didn't see these clothes. We didn't see any of it. We didn't see any of it. We didn't see any of it. We just got up every day and we loved God and we loved His Word and we observed to do. We just got up every day and we loved God and we loved His Word and we observed to do. We just got up every day and we loved God and we loved His Word and we observed to do. We just got up every day and we loved God and we loved His Word and we observed to do. That's it. And since it's a rainy day and I got a rainy day crowd, let me say something I would not normally say. We have come under withering criticism for the way the word of God has worked in our lives, but only dumb people would criticize us for that because an intelligent person would say, well, I think I'm going to do what he did. And I'm not teaching you any kind of cult, weird deal here this morning. I mean, all I'm saying is love God, love his word, and be a doer of his word. Now, how can that be off track somehow? Love God, love his word, and observe to do. That's all I'm saying. But there's something hard-hearted about too many Christians. And they're not givers. They're not givers because they're not lovers. And I warn you without apology. The Word of God says, I have not seen nor ear heard what God has in store for them that love Him. Amen. It does not say for them that walk denial. It does not say for them that pray to prayer. It does not say for them that confess Christ. I have not seen nor ear heard what God has in store for them that love him. And there's just too many people I see with my eyeballs and they're in church, but they don't love the word and the Lord and they don't love his word and they're not observing to do. And we came to this fat place. There's a good fat. We came to this fat place with, without an agenda. Hallelujah. We didn't even hardly try. We just loved God, and loved his word, and we observed to do. You know what the power lunches are all about? Years ago, I went out, started praying. And I told the Lord, I said, you know, people don't, just don't love you like they used to. I can see myself now standing in, uh, out by Lindale, Texas on a ranch, and, and we're, we're leaned up one side and the other side of a split-rail fence, and there's Barry McGuire, the rock and roll guy, Eve of Destruction, and Winky Prattney, and Keith Green, and myself, and a couple of guys I worked with, and they were Jesus people. They loved Jesus. It was, uh, it was, they were Jesus people. But you you get around Christian folks in 2020, they just don't seem to love the Lord like people used to love the Lord. And the Lord spoke to me on that day in prayer and he said, son, you can't do anything about that. I said, well, you can say whatever you want to say. I'm going to do something about it. And so that's what the power lunches are about. I'm doing something about it. Now, I don't know if I'm being effective or not, but I'm going to do something about it. Even the Lord, don't tell me I can't do something about it. I'm going to do something about it. Because I want people to love the Lord, because I hath not seen, nor ear heard what God has prepared for them that what? Love him. Love him. Not Trump.
0: Right.
1: Not Biden. That's right. Not even Obama. People have lost their souls in the last 12 years worshiping politicians. Lost their souls. Now, sure, I'd prefer to not have an existential threat to Christianity in the White House. I would. But I'm not worshiping anybody but Father God and the Lord Jesus Christ. I have preferences but I'm not going to worship anybody but Father God and the Lord Jesus Hallelujah. Christ. Do you understand what I'm saying? This is a grace. It's a great name. I've got a grandchildren named Grace too. Grace. And the reason God's people are poor. Now, I'm not talking about you. I'm talking about nationwide. To the best of my ability, I only know of one Christian billionaire in the United States of America and frankly that's ridiculous. There ought to be thousands. Yes. There are no- last time I read an article, there were over 900 billionaires in the city of Highland Park, Texas alone. But nationwide, I only know of one billionaire. That's ridiculous. If y'all listen to me, I'd at least get one or two of you there. Yeah. E- yeah. D- don't, d- I mean I, it's not a joke, I'm telling you straight. If y'all listen to me, I'd get at least one or two of you there. Hallelujah. Amen. Yes. But it's based in love. And it's based in grace. Hallelujah. Now let me read this verse again and we'll quit. Because I'm out of time, whether it's raining or not. I know that. I've got Austin over there sitting on the edge of his seat. So let me go back and reread this verse and see if you get it now. For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ that though he was rich yet for your sakes, he became poor so that you through his poverty might become rich. Don't you get it? He exhibited grace. There's only one, I hate to call Christianity a religion because it's not, it's a faith, but there's only one religion in the entire world where God gave and that's Christianity. For God so loved the world that he what? He gave. So Jesus in grace gave himself as a ransom for you. Jesus by an act of grace gave to you. But millions and millions and millions of God's people will not reciprocate and in grace give back to God. I don't know about you, but I'm so grateful that I'm not headed to hell. I don't know about you, but I I deserve it, but I'm not going. I don't know about you, but I'm so grateful that God loved me and before I was ever even conceived in my mother's womb, he made provision for me to be washed in the blood of the lamb and forgiven of my sins and to spend eternity with God in heaven instead of eternity in a devil's hell. And because I love, I give. Amen. Now, we could go on and talk about sons and daughters, but oh my gosh, I'd be in your business. Because I love my children, I give. Because I love my grandchildren, I give. Man, they just love sitting next to grandpa. On the sofa, get grandpa on Amazon. Oh, (laughs) grandpa. You know, they just love it because they know, man, I'm I'm a lover and I'm a giver. And the first thing Satan will say to you here this morning is, I can't afford that no you've missed the whole point of the whole thing we'll get to it in the offering time you can start where you are you cannot be generous where you are not you can be generous though where you are you can start where you are like i said the first gift we gave above and beyond the tide 1977 was 1400 dollars, and it hurt we felt it The last Sunday, we put $100,000 into the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ in this church, and we didn't feel it, and it didn't hurt, and we don't need it, and we won't miss it. And that is the gospel according to Dr. Gene.
0: Thank you for listening to this life-changing message. To partner with us and to help us reach more people with the good news of the gospel, visit our website at faithchristiancenter.com. Your financial support is enabling us to reach more people than ever before. If you have never accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, pray this simple prayer. Lord Jesus, I repent of my sins. Come into my heart. I make you my Lord and Savior. If you prayed that simple prayer, you are born again and today is a new beginning. We would like to send you a copy of Dr. Jean Lingerfeld's book, God's Very Own Child. To receive your free copy, call the church office at 817-561-3400 or send an email to info at faithchristiancenter.com. Remember to put God first in every area of your life because He loves you and has a wonderful plan for you. And don't forget, we walk by faith, not by sight.